Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, January 20th. We are just finally done with the West Coast road trip um, where we're finally back home in Orlando and our guys are able to play back home. Um, man, that, that intro sounded a little weird, man. I'm not going to lie. It's it's going to take a little a little while to get used to. What's up, Al? It definitely will. That's, I don't know if you saw my face when you said it. I'm like, what? Well, what, what did you say? <laughs> it's going to take me a few episodes to... <laughs> it'll take me maybe a couple of episodes for it to sink in and uh and, and feel normal to us yeah officially the the first uh official podcast of or first official episode of orlando magic hq man i, I once again we just want to kind of echo what we've said the the last episode that we appreciate everyone's support especially during this uh transition we got a lot of really really good feedback um, uh, a lot of messages and DMs and and people kind of, you know, saying that it, it makes sense and we're we're happy that you guys are doing it. So we we appreciate the love for sure. Um, and and quick shout out to our Patreon members: Blake Bakersaf, Court Cousins, Stephen, Casey Wood, Fins Fans for Life, Michael Marn, Jamel Miller, Mister Mikey, Zico, Dylan, Yadi, and Yo Mama Mobamba. Um, I appreciate, man, all, all the conversations that we have throughout the week on our Discord, man. It, it's, it feels like it's just nonstop magic basketball conversations just happening all week long, which is 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 amazing. The tough part is where we've been kind of like on a hiatus for four days because there's been no basketball, nothing, zero. Uh, Al, what the hell have you been up to the last four days? Man, it's been a... Uh been kind of weird like like you said it's no magic basketball but yeah it's january it's not like it's you know the all-star break or the off season so it's kind of weird um i've just been taking care of myself man i've been working out eating clean and, and just getting ready i think i told you yesterday i got a vacation coming up here in a couple of weeks so trying to fine-tune some things and get in shape before I, I head out um but man it feels weird like the nights are just like what do i do with myself there's no games to watch there's no podcast to record except tonight um so it's feel it's feel weird what about you what what's keeping you busy yeah so uh you know I, i've mentioned before i got i got a newborn son so he's been keeping me real busy my wife has been loving the fact that there's been no magic basketball for the last four days if your significant other has been annoyed by the amount of basketball games that you watch or basketball games that you read about or if you're on social media and it's is Orlando Magic this, Orlando Magic that, then these these last four days were a really good break for the significant others because I I know I hear it like man what 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 is it that you're yeah, Orlando Magic really at two o'clock in the morning yes at two o'clock in the morning because is what I look into at two o'clock in the afternoon three o'clock in the afternoon it's kind of like a revolving door because it's it's nonstop information the community is is that big where the conversation is going. So um, my wife has appreciated the break. Um, and now she kind of has to kind of put that to the side because now we're, we're at home and a lot of things are happening. I told her that, you know, the NBA trade deadline is right around the corner. And my wife knows that when it comes to the trade deadline, I don't play about the trade deadlines. No right? joke. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm locked in. 
I'm on my phone way more than I need to be. I'm feeling like Waj. I'm feeling like Shams. I'm keeping an eye on everything. Um, you know, the I always talk about like the NBA is is a it's one of the best soap operas you can ever ever get involved in, just because there's so much drama and so many storylines that that happen that happens throughout the season. Um, that it's never it's never ending. Even when the season ends, there's still drama going on. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of what I've been up to, man. It's kind of refreshing to not do too much of uh, the outside work that we do, the additional um, extra criteria that we we do outside of our actual careers. Um, but, you know, it's, it's definitely back to the grind. We had Jonathan Isaac that that just played yesterday, Thursday night. We'll talk about that um, in a few. But um, it's been it's been nice for that break. And now now it's time to get back on the grind. I will say, I forgot to mention that that's been keeping me busy. So I actually made it out to Lakeland on Saturday. Uh, I said, unplanned trip that came up with some friends. Unfortunately, you couldn't make it out there with us, but uh, it was a good time, man. I got to go to Lakeland for the first time and catch a game out there, trying to see what J.I. looked like in person. And that was a good time. So if you follow us on social media, you saw some of the videos that we took. Um, Lou was out there, too, doing some footage for us. Amazing content, as always. Um, but yeah, that was unique. Uh, I will say a unique experience, uh, making it out to Lakeland. I don't know why it brought me back to like my high school basketball days where, you know, you know, you go to kind of bus to this gym to play with, with your teammates. It kind of gave me that vibe, but it was a cool experience. Uh, seats were like 30 bucks and we were like two rows away from, from uh, center court. So that was fun. So if you're trying to catch a basketball game, see, you know, Caleb Houston is out there right now. Uh, Kevon Harris, J.I. So if that continues... Definitely make it out there, man. Support the Lakeland guys. Uh, it's a fun experience to do once or twice a year. I wouldn't do it more than that, but it's, it's fun to do for sure. Yeah, the the only issue, man, is that Lakeland is, you know, it's pretty it's pretty far, but it's not too far. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like it's like an hour drive. Um, I, w- I was kind of looking at um, the, the team that Lakeland just recently played. Uh, the Seahawks Falls, I, I'm sure I'm butchering the name, but they that's uh, the Miami Heat's g league and that team is all the way in south dakota like what the hell is the benefit of having a g league team in south dakota granted miami is a team that they really don't need to send players back and forth uh not as much as we do but man i there's zero convenience in that man it's 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 crazy how teams really don't have the luxury of you know what what the Lakeland Magic and the Orlando Magic have. I, I'm not sure what the distance are for other professional teams in the NBA, but you know, literally, uh, it, it it does remind me of kind of like a high school. You know, you've had um, for anyone that's played in high school, you've had those players that you know played on the JV team, but also played you know on the varsity team. You would play in the JV and then play for varsity. Like if they really wanted to, you know, you 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 played on Wednesday at Lakeland and then Thursday drive your happy ass over to Orlando and play, you know, in the NBA. And, you know, that's, that's a cool thing that we're able to send Kelly, Caleb Houston, RJ Hampton, you know, Kevon, uh, Kevon Harris and, and Schofield eventually once their time runs up as, as a two-way player, you know, that flexibility is what really allows for that development to happen. So that's, you know, it's something that we really should be grateful that we have because again, Miami, South Dakota, mad distance which is crazy to me but anyways let's talk about orlando magic basketball so in today's episode we're gonna break down um you know finally finishing our road trip um our west coast road trip we'll summarize some of jonathan isaac's stats in lakeland we won't dwell too much into that 
Um, and then the rumor mill is already kind of running, man. We we've already heard some rumblings from Shams and and ESPN. They've been throwing out their crazy trade suggestions, and we'll we'll talk about what they had to say there. Um, but before we get into that, tell me finally, road trip is done. Ow. Um, when it comes to that road trip, the Magic ended up being two of three in the West Coast, far away from home. Sound like a Spider-Man movie. But what what were your takeaways from that road trip? Um, I know it's uh, it, it's a little disappointing because there were there were a lot of games in that road trip that we feel like we should have won. We we probably should have been, you know, four and one, but it it didn't work out that way. But what were your thoughts from that road trip? Yeah, I mean, you got to think about the fact that the only really game that we were not in was the Kings game. That game, unfortunately, we we lost big blowout beginning to end. No question, we lost that one. We beat Golden State, we beat Portland, really good wins. But unfortunately, the last two games, you think about Utah, we lost that one 112-108. The way I better describe it is the lack of rebounding cost us that game, uh, especially at the end. Mo Bamba couldn't secure that rebound there at the end after uh, a few missed free throws. Uh, and then, unfortunately, they hit the, the, the following free throws after we followed them, and that's the game. Uh, but also want to really, really highlight a big talking point that night on Twitter. The NBA referees, man. Um, I don't know the crew that called that game, but I just got to say, what an awful job that crew did that night. Um, just looking at it now, the Magic took 16 free throws that night. Laurie Markkinen by himself took 21, but that's not it. The Jazz took 40 free throws that game. So when you lose a game by four points and you go back and you look at free throw differences and you look at a 16 to 40 free throw difference, that is incredible. And it's not only that, man. The amount of times that Magic just didn't get the whistle when they deserved it. There was a goaltending call against France that was not called. There was a foul, clear foul late in the game against Markel Fultz that was not called. They actually stepped out of bounds, the Jazz did, uh, late in the fourth quarter. It was not called. So it's unfortunate. It's one of those games where you say, you know what, the refs got involved. But yet, even then, the Magic were in the game. Again, it came down to rebounding when it mattered most. They fought back in that game. They competed. Um, but again, it's unfortunate that it came down to us talking about the referees in that game. It should have come down to that. Um, but really, really, a great game by France. Once again, 26 points. Markel Fultz had an amazing game in that game as well. Actually, sorry, that was the next game. Ben Carroll, 19 points. Wendell, 19 points. Um, so again, the, the big three, as I call them, France, Ben Carroll, Wendell, Markel's a fourth piece. Um, really solid game. The Magic, again, gave themselves a chance. Unfortunately, the ball didn't bounce their way at the end, and they lost that game. Um, and then, actually, before I go into the Denver game, what were your thoughts on the Jazz game? Any kind of takeaways for you? Uh, I, man, if there, if there, if there's one pet peeve that I have, um, is, is definitely the rebounding of the team, the, the allowing the second chance points, it drives me absolutely insane because we're, we're a big basketball team and you would think you would automatically think that, you know, because we're a big basketball team that we would just out rebound the crap out of every team that we play against. And that's just not the case. You know, we, we, we selected a team that is, Everyone, half of the team is damn near above six foot ten. Uh, wingspan is is was or is a priority, um, but yet the, the the second chance points just keeps allowing to happen. These are things that you're going to struggle with, and I understand that we will struggle with it as a young team. But it's definitely something that one we have to address either by development or by 
additions to to the team. Um, but it, it's just something that has to change. Like, I don't I don't want to automatically think that man. It's 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 effort because obviously it's not it's not physical. It's not body because we have the size. It's one thing if you have a bunch of Cole Anthony's running around and you're not getting rebounds. I understand that, right? But we're a big team. There's no excuses for the rebounding, and we just keep getting out hustled every single game. And it's something that needs to be it, it needs to be a priority for the Orlando Magic. Um, because when it comes to raking, I'm not sure where it was the last time I saw. It. I think we were at 20, 21, 22 around there in the league. Um, so there are teams that are doing worse than we are, but it still has to be something that we we get better at. And I'm I'm hoping that um that you know, it's it's something that we see improve because we can't just rely on Wendell Carter to grab all the rebounds. We can't. He's easily our best rebounder, but it's not enough. Paolo Bancaro comes second. I, I believe he's at the sixth or seven, followed by Bobo. But it's not it has to be a collective effort. Some every every single person has to be able to find their man and put a body on them to be able to get the rebound. Cole Anthony, for the most part, does an, uh, an OK job around when it comes to to rebounding the basketball with him being six foot, but collectively as a team, we have to get better. And that's, that's really one of the biggest things that that stood out to me just because um, it's, it's a struggle and it's a continued thing over and over and over. And it, it feels like in crunch time when we need to rebound the basketball, the most is where we kind of fall in that department and, and the team, you know, suffers from it. Yeah. I mean, so to quickly highlight that the major difference that it was in that game, 59 to 40, the rebound differential in that game. So a 19 Insane. rebound difference. Again, you add to that the, the amount of free throws that Jazz also got on top of that. It's hard to win that game. I'm surprised it came down to a final possession because, again, the Magic, based on numbers, should not have been in that game. And then you end the road trip in Denver. And that game, again, came down to the wire in the first half to look like Denver was going to run out of with that game and just run outside of the gym. We bounced back in the third quarter. We, we won that third quarter 34 to 25. And then the fourth quarter came down to a final possession. Nikola Djokic, MVP for a reason, brought the ball up, got, got the ball uh, in the final possession and drilled a three with Franz all over him. I, I don't know how he hits those shots, man, but he finds a way to hit them. Um, and unfortunately, we lost a really, really tough game where it felt like we had a chance. And unfortunately, they they ripped our hearts right at the end there. But a really good game in this one by Markel Fultz really led the way for us. And he's been really consistent. That that Utah Jazz game, he kind of struggled a bit. But in this one, he bounced right back. 20 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, um, 8 for 10 from the field, 1 from 1 uh, for 3-point range. And then you also have Franz and, pa- and Paolo again. 19 points for Franz, 18 for Paolo. And the, the man of the night, I think I called it during that game. But ball, ball, 17 points, 6 rebounds in that game. Good Coming back home, yeah, going back home to Denver, the team that drafted him, traded him pretty much for nothing, and he showed them, hey, you might have made a mistake here. I, I get it. They didn't need him. They're trying to win, not really develop players. But, man, uh, this kid definitely went back, and you could see that he was playing Dunking with a fire. Left left, and right. It was it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you you love to see it because, um, you know, you, you can tell that Bobo is a good kid. Yeah, he was ranked highly in high school, um very very high and then college suffered the injury and then his stock kind of fell 
And then he really wasn't given an opportunity in Denver. And and I think that that's definitely a game that Bobo circled. And uh, he made sure to to be able to show his his impact. And he, you can tell that even, you know, uh, Nikola Jokovic was was getting a little pissed off and irritated about it. Um, but it, it, I think that overall it was, a, it was a really good basketball game. Obviously, Denver is one of the elite teams in the NBA, multi-time MVP, MVP player in Nikola um, in Nicola, and it's one of those things where if you're going to lose a basketball game away on a West Coast road trip and you're going to lose by a three-point shot, you – I mean, how mad could you be that it's against – You take it. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is, right? It's it's a game that we didn't even think we were going to have a chance at. And the fact that we went out there and we battled, you know, kudos to, to the Orlando Magic um, because that, that was definitely a, a well-fought, hard game. And, um, you know, it's it's it would have been good, though. It would have been really good to get that win with Aaron Gordon, man, because every time he smirks or he he tries to get into it, one of our players, it it annoys me. It annoys me so bad. The way that Aaron Gordon left the Orlando Magic left such a sour taste in my mouth that it's just I, I can't. There's nothing in me that that afterwards like Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, I, I hope that he does great. I still root for him, and I hope that he finds success. Evan Fournier, eh, but he loves Orlando, so I, I hope he finds success. Aaron Gordon, I wish that he wasn't playing as great as he's playing. I'll be honest with you. I hear That's you, man. It's, but I, I think the team is making him look better than what he actually is. If you look at his stats, they're no different, truly, than what he was in Orlando. Like He's putting up this 15-point games, eight rebounds. Uh, Paul George type. Instead, he is a typical forward in the NBA that averages, you know, 14, 15 a game and grabs seven rebounds. I think the expectations were always higher on him, including himself. He thought he was better than what he actually is. I'm, I'm happy for him that he's competing in the West, that he's doing okay. But to your point, I don't want to see him win. Um, just the way that he left Orlando, to me, left a, a bad taste in my mouth as well. Yeah, and uh, Nicola had some uh, some interesting uh, quotations post game that he said, um, not necessarily in reference to the Magic, but obviously you're talking about the Magic, where he says the, the the good teams will find a way to win even if they play bad, and the bad teams will find a way to lose, and it, it's a it's a double edged sword because you're not wrong, like he's not wrong. He's not inaccurate with what he's saying. It's just in that moment where your team does play bad or doesn't play the great like they're supposed to be, right? The Magic did a great job at playing against that team, and they struggled against the Orlando Magic. There's a reason why you play bad. It's not always just your 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 shots aren't falling. It could be because players are closing out more. It could be because they're defending better. It could be a different amounts of magnitude why a team isn't playing great in a moment where he could have could have celebrated or gave some type of compliment to an up-and-coming magic team decides to call us a bad team and and blah blah but yeah that, that's that's the one thing that i i wish like as an mvp in the league i'm tired of these mvp players just dogging the magic it just continues to happen from LeBron to now him and Draymond. And yeah, he's not MVP, but yes, another <laughs> another you know top player in the league. Not saying nice things about the Magic at some point, and we've already seen a lot of that happen this season 
where people are starting to change, you know, their narrative of things that they say. Um, I just wish that, you know, that comment was kind of just scrubbed and not ever said out loud in public. And yeah, especially when, again, they, they had a double-digit lead most of that game in the first half, especially, and they lose it. So it's not like they played bad the whole game. They had a big lead. The Magic just simply fought hard, played right. hard in the second half, made it into a game, and almost beat you at your, at your home court. So give credit to the team. I get it. That's That's what he said. I don't agree with it. Um, but to your point, wouldn't have hurt for the MVP to say, hey, good job by that young team coming in here, fighting hard, and making us work for the win. That's all. Yeah. Now, again, great that Bobo had a really strong game. Uh, he was out for a little bit due to um, him not feeling well, um, being out with the health and protocol. But is it time to put Bobo back into the starting lineup? Or do you like kind of what you've been seeing with, you know, having a, a more traditional shooting guard in the lineup? So being honest, I, I feel bad because he didn't necessarily do anything wrong to be taken out of the starting lineup. He simply got COVID, unfortunately, or that's what it seems like. Um, but you can't deny the Magic have played better with a traditional shooting guard in the lineup. So that would be Gary Harris. And when you look at the stats, too, the Magic have the second best starting lineup in the NBA right now, um, metrics-wise, when they have that lineup of Markel, Gary Harris, Franz, Paolo, and Wendell. So kind of hard to argue right now that that is not your go-to lineup. And mind you, in my opinion, Gary Harris has been struggling. Like he hasn't really been hitting threes that much. He hasn't really been scoring 15, 18 a night. He's hit, scoring like five, seven points. But his presence on the court makes you makes you guard him on the three-point line. He plays hard on defense. And that alone makes him a, a tough player to replace in the starting lineup. So in my opinion, I think Ball needs to embrace, kind of like what we're asking Cole Anthony to do, embrace that off-the-bench role where you come in, you give us a spark off the bench, we kind of feature you more, then we can feature you next to Paolo and Franz, and kind of, for now at the very least, embrace that role because I don't see him, unless injuries happen, coming back into a sudden lineup, even though he was doing well, but um, his defensive lapses, his lack of awareness on defense was hurting him a little bit. Let's not lie about that. Uh, but on the offensive end, the way that he was playing, the highlights, that's also fun to watch. So, in my opinion, keep him on the bench for now. Let's see what we got here with this traditional starting lineup that we've been rolling out the last uh, two weeks and a half. Yeah, I mean, Bobo is is a success story for this team. You know, he exceeded everyone's expectation um, except for maybe two people that I can think of. Um, the fact that he's playing at the level that he's playing at is is great um, and should be you know, celebrated. Um, he's currently second right behind uh, Laurie Markkinen, from my understanding, when it comes to uh, point di uh, differentiation when we when we look at the stats from last season. Um, so, again, should be celebrated. At the same time, Bobo is not perfect. He's still a rookie in my eyes where there's still a lot of mistakes, and those mistakes are happening on the, on the defensive end. He's a highlight reel waiting to happen, and it's fun to watch. And he deserves to have minutes. Um, we've tried him in the starting lineup. We saw a lot of things that we liked, a lot of things that we didn't like. I think it would be best for him to come off the bench. Here's what I like about the Bobo ex uh, experiment that we did, right? Is with Bobo in the lineup, you know, it forced Franz to play that two position. And I think that it was a good trial before we utilized the exact same lineup with, dare I say it, Jonathan Isaac. 
because that would essentially be the the player in that lineup that you would be replacing. Um, so I think that eventually at some point, I'm not saying that that's going to be the starting lineup, but eventually at some point we are going to see that lineup on the floor. Um, and I think that, you know, we've saw a glimpse of where, you know, there was a world that that, that was successful and it, it did work and it did help. Um, but as of right now, I, I, I think that, you know, Bobo coming off the bench and having a more traditional shooting guard is is definitely the uh, the route forward. I think so too. I mean, the argument can be made, and I'll ask you this question: What do you think, though, about Jalen Suggs? And and I'm only thinking of of, of this of the point that hey, this kid was the fifth pick in the draft last year. France is doing well. Paulo's doing well. Should we feature him more in the starting lineup? to kind of see what we really have. Once he's healthy, we, we know he's still not 100% yet from his ankle. But what are your thoughts on that? Should we look into maybe in a few weeks, whatever it may be, bring back Suggs into the starting lineup instead of Gary Harris? Or are you more comfortable with Gary Harris playing that the shooting guard position? The the balance of Gary Harris is that, yeah, he may not be, he, he may not be producing how we want him to produce, um, but he's still a veteran presence. He's still a three-point threat. Like, you still have to respect it, even though he's not playing well. It's just something that you still have to do. Um, with that said, since this is a developing year, and yet we are still have playing hopes, yeah, I, w- I would love to see him. Like, to me, honestly, man, to me, starting really doesn't matter. Like, in basketball, starting doesn't matter. It's more of a... Uh, pride ego thing but uh, let me ask you and i'm sure that collectively we'll all agree to the same thing <clears throat> what's more important starting your minutes if you're if you're a starter but you're only playing you know 25 minutes but you're coming off the bench and you're playing 35 minutes wouldn't you care to play have more play on or uh, have more minutes on the floor than actually starting i think that's what every player wants it's to play more right so i think it's an ego thing at that point. You want to be, you want your name to be introduced, you know, at the beginning of the game. Yeah. That that's really what it comes down to. But like, I feel Cole Anthony has that issue right now, where I think he wants to be a starter. But if you look at his minutes, he's getting a ton of minutes, maybe more than he should, the way that he's been playing lately, if you ask me. But I think for Cole at this moment, it's it's an he's young. He still wants to just be out there with a sudden lineup when, when his name is called. But he's getting a ton of minutes. So to your point, I think Jalen sucks. The same thing is happening there. Um, I think he needs to get more minutes eventually when his ankle is healed because we're putting a big investment in him. He's a guy that there were comparisons to Dwayne Wade, comparisons to Marcus Smart. Like if that ever comes to fruition, and now you say you also have Paolo, Franz, Mark Kelly, Wendell to round that up, man, like all of a sudden the Magic have struck gold, which that's the ultimate goal, right? Like use the draft, develop your team. That's the way that you win in this in this league for a long time. We need we need that pick to work out. We we the last thing we need is to front um for Suggs to come in and, and be hurt all the time, not be able to, to stay on the court because that's gonna derail things for us. Thank God Franz has worked out. But imagine if Franz and Su- and Suggs work out for us. That would be incredible. Yeah, Suggs has played a total of 68 games. Um, so again, another player in my eyes I still see as as a rookie, still needs time to figure it out. He has to stay healthy. That's the that's the biggest thing. And then you see him out there and he still plays a little too wild for my liking, where it feels like every play we're on the brink of him getting injured or re-hurting himself. Um, so do we want him to develop? Absolutely. Does he have to start? 
No, um, but he should definitely get the minutes um, because he is, in my opinion, still an important aspect of this team moving forward in the future. You can't you can't write him off. You just you just can't because a player that he is now, hundred percent, I guarantee you, it's not going to be the same player that we see, you know, three year three, year four, so on and so forth. So as long as he gets as long as he gets some minutes, I'm I'm cool with it. What's going on, Magic fans? The NFL playoff action continues this weekend as we are one step closer to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So now you know, ahead of the big game on Saturday, Jacksonville against Kansas City, make sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook to place your bets. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TBPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, and it may not even have to be just for the magic. Think about this. It's a trade piece, too. It's a guy that came to the league with a ton of potential. Other mm-hmm. teams around look at him as a trade piece. That, hey, they're like, if we could get our hands with him, we can probably make him work. We can heal him here in Toronto or Boston, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, it gives you a chip that you can trade and get something good in return. So we need that to work out also. Again, if he's hurt all the time, kind of like J.I., unfortunately, let's not use a comparison, but let's use it for a second here. It hurts you because you, you've put in so much into this kid, high draft pick. The last thing you need for that to just completely go into having no value. So again, we just need to stay healthy, be on the court, figure things out. One big thing for him, he's figured out his mid-range shooting. That's amazing. We need that to extend to the three-point line maybe by next year and also finishing better at the rim. If he can do those two things and play the kind of defense that he can play, man, like this kid is going to be a great fit next to Paolo and Franz. Yeah, because his field goal percentage definitely went up. He went from 36% last year, last season to 41%. So there's definitely been a huge, huge, huge improvement there. Um, and, and the thing about these lottery guys, uh, the the rookies and, and the young guys in this league, is that if they just don't work out with their first team, you still have that potential title that's still like lingering. Is it, It's in the environment. Is it... They weren't utilizing him right. So that that value, in my opinion, you know, it, it does hurt when they don't play well. Like, obviously, Jalen Suggs' value today doesn't weigh as much as Jalen Suggs' value when we first drafted him. Um, but, you know, there's still always, always going to be value there, which is a little scary um, just because, you know, the NBA trade deadline is around the corner. Something that we've always talked about um, is, is, is it time not is it time it is time to to start doing some consolidation the magic have a lot of young pieces we have a lot of guards there's a lot of different things that we're looking at where we know in the future where we're going to be adding two additional rookies to this team potentially two additional rookies to this team 
the Magic are going to have to look at consolidating. Now, Shams from The Athletic um, reported that Fred Van Vliet is linked to the Orlando Magic in free agency. The Suns and Magic have emerged as potential free agent suitors for all-star guard Fred Van Vliet. So my question to you, and for the most part, from what I've seen, read, heard, um, not a lot of people are too fond of Fred Van Vliet. Um, but what are what are your thoughts of it? Do you do you think that that would be a good move for the Orlando Magic? I would tell you if you can get him on a team friendly contract, maybe. What's but what's a what's a what's a team friendly contract to you? It's got to be something like what we signed Vooch for, so that maybe one ten for four years, something along those lines. I just don't think this is the guy that you've been saving, you know, all this cap space for and being so careful for about not making the wrong moves to then come up and tell me that the guy you're going to go after is Fred Van Fleet. Like not, no, no disrespect. He can put up some great numbers. He's done so for the Raptors. You're being being mad disrespectful. Not at all. I'm just going to say though, is he like that guy and he's age too. doesn't really fit our timeline, but then I understand that we need some vets. I get that. I don't know, man. Unless there's more to the story that I'm not aware of, like our front office was part of getting him to Toronto. They knew him. They wanted him badly to the Magic, and we couldn't sign him years ago. I don't know if there's some story to it that we don't know about. But based on what I know, not the guy that I would want to give the bag to, as they say, right, and throw the bag at this kid and give him $130 million. Like, I feel like there's better players out there that complement our team better. And this front office is all about length, defense, competitiveness. I don't see that when it comes to Ben Fleet, right? He says 5'11 guy, can shoot a little bit, not necessarily an incredible shooter, but he can shoot a little bit. So I don't know. If you ask me, he's not the guy that I, that I, I hope the Magic have been saving their cap space for. I think they can either win another year or find a different player. Just my take. What about you? So you're being disrespectful because he's not five foot eleven. He's six foot one. So no, he's not. No, he's he's, not. he's six in the yeah. NBA. He's six foot one. You put the shoes. The shoes give you a couple extra inches. That's the way Bro, it works. I, I've seen him in the court warming up, and I'm tolling him, and I'm five eleven. So I don't know how that happens. <laughs> so I do agree with you when it comes to a team friendly deal. <clears throat> Here's the thing: that there was already a contract on the table. Um, not. From my understanding, not from an official capacity, but there was a there was a contract already on the table from the rappers to Fred. I believe it was for one twenty. I think one ten. Like let's, yeah. let's just say one ten between one ten and one thirty. Let's say that. Um, <clears throat> and Fred decided not to do the extension or not to do the signing. He wants to wait until the the end of the season, right? He's kind of betting on himself. Bad year to bet on yourself because he hasn't had the best, you know, season this year. Now you could blame that on a lot of different factors. The Raptors collectively they haven't been playing good basketball. They're looking to blow that team up. When you look at teams in the NBA trade deadline, on who to look for, who's going to be doing the most moves, everyone is eyeing the Raptors. All right. Now some pros from Fred. Um. Hold on, let me let me see if I can think of a few. No, I'm just kidding. Pros of Fred is the fact that he is an NBA champion, right? He is an NBA all-star. He is a veteran. Here's my thing. Yes, it needs to be a team-friendly deal. As of right now, a rival team could offer Fred Van Vliet 
for four years, a maximum of $172 million. We're not giving him that. The Orlando Magic have done, if there's one thing about this front office, they haven't overpaid that one person. They've been very financial savvy. I don't see us throwing a max steal on a a 28-year-old six-foot-one point guard. I just don't see that happening. Now, with that said, is if there could be like what would be the what would be an amount? I I could consider, you know, a hundred to one hundred and twenty, like the same contract. There's no way that Fred is going to want to stay in Toronto, right? Especially when they start trading people left and right. There's just no way. I I don't see it. So, if that was a contract that was on the table for Toronto, he didn't accept it. Maybe with him playing bad this season, that's kind of the the cap of of the max that you would give them. Now, this is kind of my, my thought process, right? If the magic did go for Fred and they say, we think that he can lead this team. We think that he can be the point guard that can elevate the team, whatever. Right. So that automatically means that Cole Anthony is gone. In my opinion, you sign Fred, you're moving Cole Anthony because you can't have two, six foot one point guards. Like you just, it's just a bad idea. You can't have positionless leaning into positionless basketball and you have a six foot ten forward and a and a six foot ten another forward and another six foot ten. Your your head coach is damn near six foot ten. Like you just can't do that and then have you know two really, really small point guards. I, I just don't see that happening. Now, do you believe that Cole Anthony cannot get to a Fred Van Vliet point in his career? I think it's the first question that you have to ask yourself. If you say no, then okay. If you say yes, then why are we even having this, this discussion? Now, if you look at Fred Van Vliet and you're not confident that Cole Anthony could eventually get to that point, then you're you would be signing a player that is one has already been has already shown that he's comfortable coming off the bench, and two, an insurance policy in the event that Markel can't stay healthy. That would be the only benefits that I would see from it. Um, he is someone that is <clears throat> an offensive weapon that can definitely shoot from behind the, the three-point line, that can really help stretch the floor. Has he shown that this season? No, everyone has a bad season. The Raptors are just a cluster right now, so you can't really hold too much of that to him. Um, at the same time, do we do we really... Like by, by the time that you make the decision to sign a player, you're already going through your draft process. Like if if we end up drafting another uh, drafting a point guard in the draft, then you know we're having this conversation for absolutely no reason because it's not happening. Yeah, and I will tell you two things. I don't think Ben Fleet will come to Orlando to come off the bench, right? Because like I'm like number one, he's going to be making 110, 120 million dollars to come off the bench. Like that wouldn't make too much sense. When you're already paying a guy like J.I. that let's assume he stays coming off the bench as a backup center, getting a ton of minutes, I don't know. There'll be two guys making crazy amounts of money that, number one, would have to come off the bench, or that's the expectation that we have. Number two, the Cole Anthony situation. Um, can he ever be as good as Van Fleet? Honestly, man, like I love Cole, but that's a tall order. This is an NBA champ. This is an all-star. Proven player in the league. I you're hope being, so. You're being you're being disrespectful again. Why does it have to be a tall <laughs> order, dude? Like, let me ask you this right now. Do you think That's Cole Anthony cool. can be an All Star within three years? Uh, not not for not for the Orlando Magic. 
I okay. think we've already we've already positioned his Palo is Franz and it's hard to kind of fit that next person in, yep. especially when you see that this draft is coming up. Like if I'm Cole Anthony, I'm already one not happy with with my position and kind of how everything's kind of playing out. And then two, this draft that's coming in, like they they at with Cole Anthony, they had already drafted another guard in Jalen Suggs. Then on top of that, you know, this this is a a loaded guard draft. The Magic will be drafting a guard. It's it's just it's gonna happen. So I don't I don't know if it if it happens. It there's it's hard to see the the route the direction for that to happen here. So that's why again in my mind instead of throwing all that money to Van Fleet again, all, all I just don't see it, man. I'd rather that money go to a guy maybe like Middleton uh, of the Bucks who'll be a free agent as well. It's a two guard can hit the three an NBA champ also. If he's willing to listen, mind you, our front office is the one that gave him that chance in Milwaukee. So if he's willing to listen to us, and you're debating is he, between is Middleton he willing, or Van Fleet, is he willing to listen? I, I don't know. Is he, is are he we willing even to sure listen? Hundred percent, hundred percent. But I, I think at least sure? a conversation does happen. Yeah. So, like, are we even sure these rumors are true about Van Fleet? We know that the Magic do not, do not leak anything right so this is not coming up from a oh i heard from a magic front office you know staff member no it's assumptions based on the fact that we got money to spend we could use a point guard or shooting guard upgrade so hey van flea may be a name that, that comes to mind but so if you ask me this is all smoke it's not going to happen I, I just don't see the magic again being so careful all these years to them below their their cap space on a guy that again is 28 years old has been dealing with some knee injuries has been declining shooting-wise, it wouldn't be the right move if you ask me. If it happens, I'll support him. I'll I'll know the front office do their due diligence. They have a reason why they're doing this. But if you ask me, it will not happen. I, I don't think he's the guy that the Magic need to take us to the next level. Yeah, the here here's the thing. The Magic have money. They're going to have to start using that money. They're going to have to finally start spending big. Um, doesn't have to be this offseason. It does not, in my opinion, it it, it doesn't. Um, they they can like the team is still being structured. the The thing is, is that since what makes it hard is is our draft position, and since we don't know exactly who we're getting, who's going to fit. Like in my opinion, it would be unwise to really trade anyone just yet. That that's why I don't I don't feel like this uh, this NBA trade deadline. I don't think that the Magic are going to make a lot of moves. Like I, I can't see us doing a big move. Just because you know, whoever we end up drafting, it's it could change and alter the way that this team looks, feels, fits everything, and it's it's a good problem to have. Like if you're expecting the Magic to to make a a big deal, why, why, when we have this this draft and this draft is going to have this draft is is a really good draft. The Magic will be able to add hopefully two really really good players. And I think that that should be that should be the priority. Um, now, with that said, um, Bobby Marks from uh, ESPN <clears throat> he had his uh, NBA trade guide or whatever for the Southeast Division. He had a video about ten minutes just talking about the different teams in the in the division. And for the Magic, you know, he suggests he he kind of mimicked the same thing where he didn't think something big was going to happen, um, but. 
you know, maybe the Magic do make a move for um, make a move of Terrence Ross. And the suggested trade that he had was Terrence Ross to the Lakers for Patrick Beverly and a second round pick. And um, Pat, I feel like Patrick Beverly is a what's what's the word? He's 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 kind of like a, he's a player that you don't like, but you would like. If you got to know him, right? If, if he was on mm-hmm. your team, you would like Patrick Beverly. For right? sure. His antics, you would accept his antics. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there. I'm sure there's a lot of teams out there. I'm sure all of the Boston Celtics really do not like Mo Wagner. Like, I'm really, really sure, right? I feel like the Detroit Pistons fan base really don't like Mo Wagner, right? But we love Mo Wagner. We like his hustle. We love his energy. We love the fact that, you know, he he plays really good basketball for us. The fact that he's Franz's brother is a plus, so on and so forth, right? But I'm sure that if he played for an, another team and he got into it with, you know, Jalen Suggs, we would hate him. I feel like Patrick Beverly has that that special charisma. But I also think that Patrick Beverly has some some things that that you you would like in a player. Like Patrick Beverly, whether you like him or not. He's a dog. And the Magic, I wish we had more. Like, we have dogs, but this dog in particular, you know, he barks. <laughs> like, he barks loud, right? Um, you would prefer a dog that that barks and bites, right? But he's he's at least, he's passionate, which I'm, I I do like. Um, he's someone that's going to stand up for, for his team. Like, he doesn't make millions of dollars. He, he doesn't make, like, crazy money, like, you know, the, the big names. So the fact that he's into every issue situation where he kind of puts himself in a position where he could get fined is, is kind of like not the best financial move for him, but he does it. He does it because he fights for his team. He's, he's someone that I think that, you know, would do well with a young team. Do I want him with the Orlando magic? Uh, probably not. Nah, probably not. Like I would prefer, like in that situation, I, I would prefer Co-Anthony because you make that trade, then you're gonna have Patrick Beverly, Jalen Suggs, Co-Anthony, Markel Folds. Like it just, you're adding another guard that struggles to shoot. Like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense at that point. You would have to make another move to be able to make the space because there's not gonna be any minutes for. Him. Yeah, I think if you make that trade and you're the Magic, you're making it for financial reasons. Meaning you're just gonna cut. Beverly after the trade and just, you know, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season, you move on. It, it wouldn't really be like for him to actually come to Orlando and be like a role model or like a locker room guy. Yeah. Unless, like you mentioned, you make other moves and you clear some some space for him to be a, a player that plays uh, for the Magic. But I would love to see Beverly and Mo Wagner together on the court off the bench, you know, leading that unit and, and creating chaos off the bench. That would be fun to watch. Um, but now, man, on, on in, in a realistic world, I don't think the Magic make that trade. Uh, we've seen Ross link to the Lakers for three years now. I think that trade eventually will happen. I just don't know what we get back in return. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it would be just simply a guy that we waive, and it's a salary move. But then again, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Did you just let him walk at the end of the year for nothing then in that case? I, I don't know. I um, mean, we, we would be letting Terrence Ross walk. That's what I'm league. saying. Like, so, like that that deal, like that specific suggested trade, the benefit that I see from it is that you get 
you know, second round pick with it. One that comes from the Chicago Bulls, which that's another moment that we're able to stick it to them a little bit. But um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't like. I, I agree that I can see Terrence Ross being traded to you know the Lakers, but for Patrick Beverly, like at first I'm like, oh man, that's that's interesting. But the more I sat on it and thought about it, I'm like, yeah, pass. Yeah, it's an interesting proposal. Again, I don't see how it makes sense for the Magic unless you make all the trades or unless you tell Beverly, hey, your role here is going to be to be a vet on the on the locker room guide this guy for the rest of the year. That's what we need from you. We don't need to come in here and play, you know, 20 minutes a night. And he's okay with that. If that is the case, maybe you, you consider it. Just to kind of teach his guys something about being tough and playing hard. But other than that, I don't see the reasoning behind it. Um, and to your point, trade deadline three weeks away. The only good thing I see is that we are seeing some things kind of take shape. We're seeing some guys that definitely are going to be here long-term. We're seeing some guys that are unfortunately playing themselves out of that opportunity. Um, you know, you talk about RJ Hampton. We still don't know what's happening there, but unfortunately, there seems to not be a future for him in Orlando. Um, Chuma Kiki, we heard that he unfortunately has not progressed yet to on-court work. He's still dealing with a knee injury, that, and the knee surgery that he had back in December. So, you know, do the Magic consider that and say, hey, enough waiting for this guy. We, we're ready to move on. Mo Bamba, the laziness, the lack of awareness on the court, that continues this is year five, six for him. So is it ever going to kick in his head that we need more from him? So those are just some names that I think the Magic are ready to make a decision on. Also, Ter- Terrence Ross and Gary Harris. Those are guys that you already know, hey, we know what we got. Who do we want to keep? Who do we want to trade? Let's make a move. So those are the only names that come to mind as far as the Magic maybe moving in a package individually, come trade that line time. Other than that, to your point, I don't see a big trade. I don't see the Magic pulling, you know, a, a, a all-star caliber player to Orlando. Like, that's not going to happen. I think the big moves happen in the offseason for us, depending on how the draft plays out and how free agency plays out. But for now, I think we may see a minor move. The major move would be if we trade Mobamba. I think that will be considered major to some fans that like Mobamba, but that's about it. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. You hinted on Chuma. Um I mean, man, it's it's tough because you know he's he's an additional player that when he plays, he he brings a lot to the second unit. Um, so we're we'll be missing him out for a little bit longer. Jonathan Isaac, there's still no word on when he'll return. Uh, the the guesstimate that we had was um, you know the twentieth, but you know with him playing yesterday, they're not going to play him back to back. So we know that that's not going to happen. Um, but the great news is that he did play a little more basketball in yesterday's game. They, it looks like they up his minutes. I believe he played about 21, 22 minutes around that mark. So the fact that he went from 15 to above 20 is a really, really good sign. Um, if that's the case, then I'm okay with him staying at Lakeland a little bit longer. It's not just him playing 15 minutes every single game, every single game, every single game. It's, it's being able, if it's truly about conditioning, then let's up the minutes that he's playing so that he can be conditioned. Like, that makes sense to me, right? This game was 22. Maybe the next game's 25, 30, so on and so forth. Because by the time that he joins, you know, the joins us, like, that's those minutes are going to go back down, and then he has to get adjusted to, you know, the, the elite uh, level. So uh, it's a it's a plus size, um, a plus side. And, you know, I, I think that I'm still standing on him coming back in January. So yeah, sorry. I mean, uh, I know we heard from Dante in, in the radio show that he does every uh, Magic Drive Time 
uh, I think he mentioned yesterday or Wednesday actually, that um, he believes that sometime next week, whether it's against the Celtics on Monday or against Indiana on Wednesday, he expects maybe to see J.I. then. He wasn't speaking from, I heard from the front office or I heard from Coach Mosley. He just, like we're doing, he's just throwing some dates that make sense. We all thought it was going to be tonight against the Pelicans. That's not going to happen. Again, he played yesterday with Lakeland. Um, but I did want to ask you, what were your thoughts on his last two games specifically? Uh, so same, same minutes on Saturday, but he scored 14 points, nine rebounds, two blocks. And then last night, 18 points, six rebounds, five assists, three blocks. Um, got it going towards the end of that game and ended up with some good numbers. But what are you seeing from J.I.? Are, are you confident that if he gets called up, say, Monday, you feel good in saying, hey, let's give this kid 12 minutes and, and just throw him out oh, there yeah. and, and get, yeah. get things going? Yeah, I'm not with, with Jonathan Isaac. I'm not looking at shooting efficiency. I'm not looking at three point field goal percentage. Like for me, is is how does he look? And to me, you know, he's he's moving um, normal. Uh, he's he's being active. We've seen the defensive instincts. We see him block shots. We see him grab rebounds. What's the one thing that the Magic are really really struggling with? rebounds so he would definitely help with that um in in my opinion man he's still like he he's so much bigger than than everyone else like before he was big but you can tell that he he has a more mature body now like as he has a he has a man's body now so i feel like strength alone i'm i'm excited to kind of see what that looks like because we've seen him in lakeland like he's aggressive He's really aggressive. He's looking for a shot. He's looking to get involved. He's looking to make an impact. And I, I can't see him like not doing that. Like I, I feel like that's the only way that he knows how to play basketball now. Like Granny has to play in two and a half years. So what type of basketball does he know how to play? I get that, but I feel like that's just his mentality is gonna be like going in. He wants to prove to himself that he can stay healthy, that he can still make an impact after being gone for so long. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I've, I've taken away from his stint in, in Lakeland is, is he, he looks, he looks good. He doesn't look like he he's been injured. He doesn't look like he's been, if you're, com, if you're comparing Jonathan Isaac now from Jonathan Isaac um, from the last time he played, you can say, okay, that's not the same Jonathan Isaac. You know, he's still working back from his injury. But if we're removing that completely and you're just focusing on the basketball player of this game, you're looking at a a crazy elite basketball player that is is killing it right now. Whether it's G League or not G League, I don't care. For that game, for that basketball game, you know, he's playing really, really good basketball. And I think that, you know, kudos to him because I'm I'm sure that, you know, he's he's definitely excited to for the next steps as we we all are yeah i mean for me the biggest takeaway is the instincts you see the the shot blocking mm -hmm. instincts are still there defensive instincts are still there he's poking the ball away from players so that aggressiveness on defensive end has not gone anywhere and that's crucial because that's who he is supposed to be he's supposed to be a, a great defender first everything else is a plus um so the fact that he has that mentality he's not afraid to throw his body around go for uh, for shots um, as he tries to block them. That's huge. Um, and the fact that he's bumping bodies inside and, and willing to, you know, go into the lane and, and go for dunks, you know, that that's a good sign as well. To your point, can we compare him to the J.I. from five years ago, four years ago? Not quite yet. 
But I will say, when he wants the ball, he's getting the ball a lot in Lakeland because obviously they're trying to feature him when he's on the court. He's going for it. He, he's going for his mid-range shots. He's going for the three-point shots. He took six three-pointers. Only hit one, unfortunately, but he's taking the shots. He's not afraid. You want to see that. That means that in practice, in warm-ups, he's hitting those, and he's confident in the fact that he can make those. So if you ask me, let, let's see a little bit more of that. Now, do we see him next week? Let's see. We got three home games at home, I believe. We got tomorrow tonight, Pelicans doesn't count. Next week we've got, what is it? We got Celtics. Pacers and Bulls next Saturday. So we have three home games next week. I don't know if I'm willing to put money yet on this, but I will say I think we see J.I. at some point next week. I think it's long overdue. If it doesn't happen, my little assumption is they're waiting for the trade deadline to clear out some roster spaces so that then when he is back, he has a defined role and he's good to go. Whether that means Mobamba's role, whether that means I don't know. But the point is, I think if he does, he's not back next week, they may hold off until after the trade deadline to kind of say, hey, now you can come back. This is your role. You're good to go from now on. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see, man. I I, I would bet money that it's next week. It's just the only thing that, that makes sense to me. I you want to so. put money on it? Are we putting money on it? We'll we'll talk about that off here. Yeah. But I, I do, <laughs> yeah. I do, I do believe that he'll be he'll be coming next week. Um, so tonight against the Pelicans, Markel. Um, non-COVID illness and France with a sprained ankle that he suffered during practice will both be a game time to sit <laughs> four days off, man, four days off. And we're already down to play. <laughs> it's the most Orlando magic thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, tomorrow against the wizards. And, and we have Monday Celtics and Wednesdays, uh, Wednesday we have the, the, the Indiana Pacers. So Pelicans, wizards, Celtics, Pacers, um, Pelicans. I really liked um, I, I really enjoy like if 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 we're selecting like that West Coast team that you're rooting for, I know you're rooting for Golden State. Pelicans for me would be that team that I would root for in the playoffs for um the West Coast. I really like what they're doing over there. And then the the Wizards Celtics Pacers is gonna be fun to see if we get any shenanigans from uh Eddie House for that Celtics game. That's right. That's right. So I mean, what are your predictions? What are you hoping for to see this week? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would love to go two and two. Yeah, if we if we can break if we can break even, um, that'd be great. Just to to kind of prevent us from any type of losing streak, I, I would love to do a you know a, maybe a win against Wizards and Celtics would be cool. Uh, that that would, those would be the two that I would I would hang my hat on. That's what I'm hoping for. I got a little bit different. I'm thinking Pelicans, and then we beat. Um, the Pacers on Wednesday, but I, to your point, keep playing 500 basketball, keep kind of staying in the race. Yep. We have dipped a little bit. We're four and a half games now out of the 10th seed. So we're, we're uh, those two losses really hurt us um, in Denver and Utah because the Bulls have won back-to-back games. And then don't forget, we see the Bulls next Saturday here in Orlando. So that'll be Vooch returning to Amway, but also we're, we're right behind them in that playing tournament. Um, hopes that we still have a life. So, Hopefully, we're going to lose a streak here because if we do, we may be, you know, a little bit too far now to keep our hopes alive for the play-in. Um, I want to keep that going till the end of the year. Absolutely. Man, really good stuff. I feel like this hour went by really, really fast. Um, I appreciate everyone for joining the HQ on this podcast episode. It was a pleasure, a lot of fun. On that note, it's a wrap. Catch you guys next week. 
for all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com. And follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.